So, to start the show this week, I didn't ask you, because it is the day after Halloween, do you get many trick-or-treaters around your way, Will? Or not? Um, we got one. One group that's, of trick-or-treaters. That's mad. Because I've seen, I've seen, obviously, on Google Maps where you live, and it's like the back end of nowhere. You're, it would be legit terrifying to go to your place to trick-or-treat. Now, there are quite a few, like, houses around. There's, there's probably about, I don't know, 20, 30 houses in the village. Oh, really? Oh, okay, fair enough. But it's still, it's still like, a pretty small village. Like, yeah, you're only going to trick-or-treat here if you live here. And, yeah, it's yeah. just one, one group of, of kids. We actually, uh, we took Luna out, pseudo-trick-or-treating. But that was more just take around the village and see people that we that we knew. Well, this is it. Like I, I, like I didn't grow up for Halloween, having extremely religious parents, so I've never trick or treated. Funnily <laughs> I enough, didn't grow up with Halloween. <laughs> yeah, like they they didn't celebrate Halloween because they're no Christian. Way. Yeah, like it's. Is that a thing? I see. This is my lack of knowledge on religion. I had no idea that was a thing. Well, you think it's like celebrating, you know, inadvertently, like the devil and stuff, and like witches and the occult and things that are traditionally quite. I mean, you know, to be fair, it's a fa- yeah, it's a good point. You, you think the witch is quite a, a staple when it comes to Halloween imagery, and um, Christians burned, drowned, and otherwise tortured witches for thousands of years. So. It's kind of ingrained in the culture to not be all about witches. Did your parents not dress you up as Jesus and send you out trick or treating to send like an alternative <laughs> to send an alternative in, message? Instead of instead of taking sweets, I like give them a little sermon. <laughs> you gave them psalms or something like that, a verse from the Bible. My um, my dad used to. I don't know if he. I'd imagine he still does uh, an equivalent called Bright Light Night, which was like he'd do a basically a youth club on Halloween night for, for any like Christian kids or whatever. Get him in. Fuck dude, your dad is fascinating. He's uh, a yeah, dad, he's... that's a God I he's and it yeah, he is pardon the expression, he is balls deep in religion, isn't he? Jesus oh, man. Christ. <laughs> he's not a Catholic, like... but um Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty he's pretty all about it. It's um it's kind of his thing, I'd say. Yeah, I would say. Bright light night. Yeah, bright light night, mate. He got just like a. It was did essentially he make that a. Up? I think or he did. Yeah, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. He, he must have got the idea from somewhere, maybe. But maybe Dude, he did if make not, it up. he needs to. He needs to trademark that shit. Mm. For sure. Fucking get it out there, right? Yeah, especially for like those religious, like those religious, like um, God, the religious fanatics in America, who are kind of the same thing. Were like. I would never trick or treat. This is the Lord, and I couldn't do that. It's the, it's the devil's night. It's the witch's night. And your dad's like, "Hello, have you heard of bright light night by any chance?" It's like have a pamphlet. Oh, mate, I feel I feel like when you put like American evangelists and the words bright light night together, it sounds a bit more like um, light of the night of the long knives rather than a sort of chilled out a good Christian Halloween yeah. party. <laughs> Yeah, it does sound all, a little bit white supremacist, doesn't it? It's all going a bit True Detective already. <laughs> I still haven't watched True Detective. I really need to. Oh, Jesus. The first one, the first one. Don't watch the second one. If you watch the second one, you may try and kill yourself. It's horrendous. Is, uh, the first one's with McConaughey and Woody Harrison, isn't it? Yes. And then the second I one's think, got, what, the... Vince Vaughn and somebody in it? Fucking Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn and Colin who's, who's the other guy with it? Colin, oh, I see Colin Farrell. Like I, I love a bit of Colin Farrell. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, okay. 
I don't mind Colin Farrell. I think he's I think he's fine. And yeah, he did some dodgy stuff early on, but he he said himself like he picks and chooses what he likes to do now rather than just doing it for money. Yeah. Um so I thought I thought Colin Farrell was fine, but Christ, I think Vince Fawn and the woman who played his wife in that season must have won their roles in a raffle or something because they were just <laughs> horrendous. Fucking and I'm brick a break. I'm sure Vince Vaughn is a nice guy. I'm I'm sure he is, but I think he is dross as an actor. Absolute dross. I can't stand him. I only watched True Detective season two because season one was one of the most amazing pieces of TV I'd ever seen. And and even I think the problem was is that when they cast Matthew McConaughey and everyone kind of went, Oh god, you're kidding, like the rom com guy? Like he's gonna be doing this? That just sounds terrible. And Woody Harrelson, I mean, okay, he's had some decent roles, but ugh. And then after that, I kind of they started to do different things, and I thought, actually, yeah, these are these are two really, really good actors. They've actually, you know, they actually crushed it. So then I had to give season two a chance because even though it was Vince Vaughn, I thought, well, season one was so good. I mean, even if season two is half as good, it's going to be fine. And it wasn't. It was just bad. So yeah, and they, they don't carry on either. So there's no links. You don't need to watch two or anything. So no, yeah, just you watch don't one because it's. You're not going to miss anything. Yeah, watch one. It's uh, it's phenomenal. I'll have to. It's just one of those ones that like I think it's only on Now TV, isn't it? Like I haven't got it Now TV. Be. Have you got so. um, Have you got Sky Go or Sky? Mm, it's on nope. box sets. No sort of Sky uh, whatsoever. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, this is a problem. I have to um, procure it in in a fashion. Well, yeah. If you can just get somebody's, if you you can just use someone else's Sky Go account. You don't, I'm, I'm sure you don't have to have Sky to use their Sky. If they just give you their username and password, yeah, I I'm wonder sure you can if just um, jump on. I know my old man has Sky, so I don't know whether he still has Sky Go. We'll find out. Yeah, but does he only have like the religious channels, like you know, seven hundred and up? It's just uh, no. It's yeah, he only has the channel seven hundred and up. So it's like Spice TV and Playboy TV. <laughs> no, they're nine. They're nine hundred. Shows how much you know. They're nine hundred and up. Well, it shows how much you know, Dan, because nine hundred is bigger than seven hundred. So you just made yourself look like a right tit. <laughs> well, there's no change there, is there? <laughs> uh, no, he, right. he exclusively has Sky Sports and nothing else. Like he's he's rigged it so he can't even get BBC on his uh, on his telly anymore. Oh my god, we have to get your dad. Your dad has to be the first ever interview on this show. No, <laughs> not even to talk about hockey. I just want to talk to him about his life. I, th- and I his feel like and things because it's fascinating. I feel like my dad would have been pretty good on Fan Zone, but in like a very anti Fan Zone sort of way. <laughs> would he um, do, do his kind of religious uh, leanings go out the window when it comes to football or does he still is he still kind of straight laced or does he just kind of let loose oh no he becomes wildly racist he's actually still a practicing hooligan um, no no like he's he's pretty um, he's pretty reserved when watching but like still if if Arsenal score or like you know, until there's a goal in the game that's when you know like you can hear yeah, you can you can hear it like he'll he'll shout and he'll not shout really, but he'll just give it the old yes as loud as he possibly can. You see, you laugh about saying about about him changing, but my granddad, who I absolutely look up to as, I mean, the only kind of male role model I had in my life, uh, was until you met football. me. Until yeah, of course. Well, until I met you, uh, he was the he was an absolute horrible football racist unless it was an England player so I remember England playing France 
I want to say Euro 98 maybe, or maybe it might have been a qualifying game or something. And I'd never known this at the time, but he was talking about, and I want to say it was Marcel Desailly. And the things he was saying, I had to say to him, Grandad, you can't, you can't say those things. Like, that's really wrong. Like, it really shocked me to my core. But when Saul Campbell did something, he was saying, oh my God, what a player. Look at him. It's like a rock. He's built from a mountain. Like, no one gets past Saul Campbell. No one gets past Saul Campbell. An amazing player. God, he's, he's like, he's like Bobby Moore incarnate. And I'm thinking, you're like the weirdest racist ever. Like, as long as they're English, they're fine. But if they're like, if if it was a black player from another team, then he's racist. If well, they're no, black that, and English, that's fine. That's not even no, weird. I, that's such standard racism, though, for, for especially for sports fans. Like, yeah, would you think so? Like, oh, definitely. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just it, not. Maybe I'm just, I'm just kind of sheltered to it too much. I guess it's that age-old like casual racism thing of like, oh, I hate you know, I hate black people or whatever. But oh, what about you know Gary down the road? Oh yeah, well he's an all right one, isn't he? Like you know. I hate every black Actually, person yeah, that right. I've never met. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's yeah. and that's just standard casual racism. And, and same for, for homophobia and any, any sort of like xenophobia or whatever. Like these these people are just these people. They're like <laughs> so many people are just sort of programmed and brainwashed that yeah you know, they're easily swayed as soon as they meet one of these people that they supposedly hate. But as soon as you know they're not. I don't know, not within their immediate circle. It's easier for them to, to sort of spew that vitriol, isn't it? It's a fair point, it's a fair point. Alright then, shall we, uh, shall we start the show? Probably should, really. the best things were built on the back of racism then oh of course of course all right we're gonna try some new things out folks we want to do we want to uh, try and mix things up a bit and we have i well i say we i mean you can blame all this on me but i've had a few ideas so uh, we're gonna just do a quick like a little roundup of uh, things that have happened this week and then uh a little idea with which teams we think this week are going to win the stanley cup which teams are not going to win the cup and then just little things we've seen this week uh, from hockey, and in some cases, sports in general that we like and dislike. And then we'll get into some more of our topics. So I guess we start this week in the Eastern Conference, because with Christmas just around the corner, it is a season to be breaking records. And no one's more jolly than the Hurricane Sebastian. Aho, ho, ho. <laughs> Do you like that, Will? 12 uh, straight games <laughs> with an assist to open the season. And he's only the third player in history to do this alongside... Uh, Paulie Negretzky's dad and Kendall Linesman. 12 games in a row of an assist. That's just mad, isn't it? Like, it is terrifying. I, d- I didn't even uh, know that. Like, I, d- I feel like that's the sort of thing that should be absolutely sung from the rafters. But yeah, I feel like that's gone gone under the radar. If he was doing that in Toronto, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a couple of markets that if, if he was doing that, it would be way more, way more talked about. Do you think or, there, are, there are players that... Like don't even have a contract that are getting more news time than uh, than Aho, who's um... <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll discuss that in a little bit. 
Boston at the moment resembles Little Italy because it is always full of Pasternak. And he becomes the first Bruin since 92-93 to score 11 goals in the first 12 games. Down in Tampa, Braden is on point with his first NHL five-point game as the uh, good lord sends lightning to banish the Devils 8-3. Over there in Pittsburgh, Evgeny is marking all kinds of moves. This is the first place since the great Pittsburgh plumber <laughs> Super Mario in 0-2, 0-3, to record 19 plus points in the Penguins' first 10 games of the season. The uh, New York Rangers should start spreading the news, and the news is they should always, always play five defensemen and try and get nil-nil every game, because Henrik Lundqvist this week gets his 60th shootout win of his career, and now is the most in NHL history. Did you know that, Will? Little cool stat there? I uh, No, I didn't. I didn't know. I know that feels like a bit of a hollow stat, you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, no, yeah, it's, it's still... Shootout a, wins. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just something a bit... Like, if you, if you scored, like, 50 shootout goals and you were celebrating it, people are telling you to fuck off. I know. And anyway, last for me, come on down in Montreal because the Carey Price is always right as he moves up to second on the all-time win list for goalies in Montreal with 290 wins. He overtakes part-time goalie, part-time Irish bricklayer Paddy Roy and is now less than 30 wins away <laughs> from first place, which is owned by part-time goalie, part-time garden expert Jackie Plants. That's from this week in East. Will, over to you. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning, three. <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights, two. Winnipeg Jets, two. Detroit Red Wings, one. I feel that you're not giving this the same kind of gusto that I All right, All right, if you're going to be like that. I've, 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 got some, I've got some good news, some very personal good news. I was in the West in the past week. The Dallas Stars won their first road game of the uh, of the 2018-19 season. A round of applause, Come everyone, on. please. Well Let's done. Give it up. Come well on, done. There we go. Well played. They finally, well finally won fucking game on the road. Um, so yeah, finally uh, beat beat the Montreal Canadiens in the Bell Centre. Jason Spencer's 1,000th game, which is pretty impressive if you ask me, for a man that very impressive. Yeah, you know, everybody has basically pronounced dead last season. You know, you can't say no to that. A little interesting stat about the Stars. The last four wins they've had this season, including that road win in Montreal, their game-winning goals have all been from defencemen. John Klimberg and Mira Heiskinen with, uh, with two game-winning goals apiece in the last four games, which is pretty pretty interesting. Bit uh, a bit worrying if uh, you know, you're thinking about secondary <laughs> scoring, but let's not uh, move in swiftly on, as they say, um, to, uh, to another bit of a surprise, I suppose, on, on that front. The Arizona Coyotes absolutely demolished the Tampa Bay Lightning seven-one, and like you know, it's uh, it's in Arizona, so you know, obviously some issues there on the road for the Lightning. No five-point games for Pointy in that one, but fucking an absolute statement win from the Coyotes. Uh, moving a bit further east, had the old uh, Matt Duchesne Bowl with Colorado taking on uh, taking on Ottawa. Ottawa unfortunately being. Um, Absolutely demolished six to three. Dutch got the uh, got a couple of goals though, and even a goal from Sam Gerrard. So obviously the trade really worked out for for both teams in the uh, in the long run. Um, nobody regretting that one. There, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, maybe some slightly better news for a Canadian team. We got got the Vancouver Canucks are carrying on on their tear to start the season. Um, Elias Pettersson. Back in, back in the lineup for for the old Canucks. He's played eight games so far this season. He's got seven goals. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'm not an expert, Dan, but that's a pretty good clip if you ask me. 
That's um, that is very good. In in eighty games, that would be seventy goals. In eight hundred games, that'd be seven hundred goals. That's that's all right, isn't it? Well, I mean, you can prove anything with statistics. Well, I mean, I can, and I will. I've done it before. Yeah. I'll do it yeah. again. Uh, a little bit further south from from Vancouver, we've got uh, the fledgling Vegas Golden Knights. Have you are you familiar with the sophomore slump there, Dan? Often happens to. I am, uh, I am indeed. You naturally, and uh, and it seems to affect teams as well as players as they're sort of stumbling out the gate and continue to stumble out the gate with losses to true heavyweights such as Tampa Bay Lightning and the Nashville Predators. Only winning the last week came against uh, the Ottawa Senators, which does it really... I don't think that really counts towards your points totals uh, this year, does it? I just think it's sort of just gimmies for everyone. It counts towards Everett Lundqvist's shootout wins. <laughs> <laughs> and in, uh, in far more recent news... In uh, in the last couple of hours, we've had a result, which uh, breaking news, breaking news, absolutely broken in half news. It's a win for the Jets over the Panthers in in Finland. It is led by a Patrick Line hat trick, no doubt. No was, doubt it had, was it a hat trick? No fucking was way, indeed. mate. Yeah, after Probably. we talked last week about him not scoring, <laughs> he gets a high. Maybe there's something about playing, you know, in Finland that he he quite likes. I wonder why that Home-time is. discount. Discount. <laughs> oh, mate. I did, did you watch any of that game earlier? No, I didn't. I've not seen it. I, uh, I watched. I watched a bit of it. So, so apologies to anyone who's for some reason listening, still waiting to watch it like three days later. <laughs> um, <laughs> after every goal, they played. Um, oh, I always forget the song. It's by Jimmy Eat World. It's that one. It's like sing it back away. <laughs> You know that song? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's a great song. It is a great song. But they played it after both teams scoring goals, which, like, I understand that they want to keep it sort of neutral, as there isn't truly a home team, even though they were treating Florida as a home team. But I found it a bit weird that they couldn't be bothered to at least find two... Like, you could play the proper goal song, surely. Like if they've yeah. got the PA facility, they could play, I don't know, whatever the fucking Florida and Winnipeg goal songs are. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what they are, but I hope Florida's is, is Flow Rider or, um, or Pitbull. So that feels that's the only appropriate two artists to really have for a Florida-based NHL team. Definitely, definitely. I just, I just thought it was a bit lazy. Bit, uh, a bit felt like, a bit like I was playing, uh, playing AHL 18. <laughs> There we go. That's it for the West. The West this week. That, that is. Right. Those are the only things that happened in the West this week. Nothing. Anything Nothing. else that you thought happened didn't didn't happen. No, forget it. Forget it. All right. Shall I tell? Shall I tell you, Will, who's winning the Stanley Cup this week? I feel like you should, um, and then I'm going to go and make a bet on it. All right then. The Edmonton Oilers are winning the Stanley Cup this week because they have this generation superstar himself, Conor McJesus, or as we call him when I'm in Madrid, Conor Jesus, and uh, with him driving that team and picking the players up around him, how, how, how can they not? You know, it, it's, it's, it's just blindingly obvious. They have Conor McDavid. How can they not win the Stanley Cup? I'm, uh, I'm starting, to see, starting to see flaws in this segment already, to be honest. <laughs> nope, not at all. Well, who's winning the Stanley Cup this week? Well, while yours is an absolutely outlandish statement for, uh, for who's going to win the Cup, mine Whatever. is far more based in reality. 
And if the if the cup was given out this week, it'd obviously be to the Vancouver Canucks, uh, a team that everybody knows is going to go the full length this season, um, all the way from first to eighth in the Pacific. Um, but I mean, the way Pedersen is playing is just absolutely ridiculous. And I, I know Vancouver did this a couple of seasons ago when they sort of burst out of the gate after everyone had written them off. But so it feels a it feels a little bit different this year. Not saying that I want to see it happen, but I feel like their sort of amalgamation of seven fourth lines is uh, is somehow going to work out for them. And let's be honest, we need another Stanley Cup in Vancouver because who doesn't like to see cars being turned over and burnt to the ground? I mean, that's just isn't that what hockey's all about? It, it basically is. I want to see a Philadelphia Vancouver Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> the whole world's burning. Why? <laughs> the Flyers are playing the Canucks. Oh my bit, god! Be like an international terror warning, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> they'd have to deploy the army, and oh god, be all kinds of stuff going on. Oh and you think god. you think about the players that are on those teams at the moment, like Antoine Roussel is now playing in in Vancouver. That's recipe for disaster <sighs> to start with. Fucking Radko Gudis. Just leave, leaves the stadium in full kit and just goes outside and starts swinging his stick. <laughs> Fans. It's like the purge. <laughs> that people are going to think that there's a right in Vancouver, but it's just Radko Gudis on his own. <laughs> just like a normal day. He's not even doing anything. He's just going shopping. But he just seems to cause a ruckus everywhere he goes. <laughs> I feel I feel like he's the... Um, is he Czech? I want to say he's Czech. Let's go with that. He's the Czech equivalent of the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> he is the goodest bitch. Um, do you know what, Will? Do you know who's not winning the Stanley Cup this week? Um, the and other 30 teams, apart from Vancouver. Right at the bottom of my pile. No, I'll tell you who's not winning this week. The Edmonton Oilers. There's no <laughs> way they're going to win the Stanley Cup, Will. they got no shot. It's absolutely they're impossible. Gonna, they're going to run Conor McDavid into the ground, playing 40 minutes a night. He's going to get ill again due to fatigue and he's going to end up collapsing on the ice like a Grand National horse that just gets shot. And it, and everyone's going on about, oh, and I read some things today. Oh, Cam Talbot's playing a bit better. His current save percentage is 909. Last season when he was getting slated, it was 908. Are you telling me these Edmonton Oilers like skaters are going to be able to stay on their game the whole season? No, I'm, a, not. I'm, I'm not down. He's playing 25 minutes every night. You, no you were telling you... I'm I'm really I'm really buzzing. For, do excuse the uh, background noise. For for those who don't know, I'm installing Red Dead Redemption Two for my my beloved fiance, so that she can play it tomorrow while I'm at work. <laughs> Bitch, not jealous at all. No, not not in the slightest. Because I get to play with spreadsheets all day. Um, Good what? Point. Back on point. I am thoroughly thoroughly buzzing. For the end of the season, when like the leaders in ice, time on ice, you're gonna have, you know, Eric Carson's gonna be up there. You might, you know, Drew Doughty, maybe Ryan Suter if he if he still stays healthy this year. And then like Conor McDavid's gonna be like fourth with 24 minutes a night or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Yep, he's yeah. gonna be. He's gonna get run into the ground. He's gonna have more even strength ice time than like the next forward has ice time total. <laughs> yeah, oh. definitely. I wonder if you're going to be able to um, bet on stuff like that in the, in the new future. We'll get onto that in a minute as well. We, we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to. But unfortunately, Dan, not, yeah, what? the 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 Oilers aren't going to win the cup, and they're not going to get relegated either. Because uh, there's only one team that can get relegated every week in the NHL, as everybody knows. It's been the case since the original six. 
Um, the first time that the Senators got relegated out of the league entirely. Um, <laughs> this week it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights that are going to get relegated, and it's probably going to be the case for all other weeks for the rest of this year and the rest of the season because they are fucking shit. And it's, it's, it's being proven. It's being proven. You know, Paul Statsny's not going to save you. Max Pacioretty's not going to save you. I don't get a fucking Nate Schmidt on his Bergevin burgers isn't going to save you. It's fucking over. They've all turned back into pumpkins. And now that it's after Halloween, those pumpkins are going rotten and floppy out of the front porch. And that is what Vegas is at the moment. A rotten, floppy pumpkin of an NHL team. Not only... A great take, but very topical on Halloween, Will. I, I like it. I like it a lot. What can I say? I've always been known as being both great and topical. Not to be confused also, with uh, my week I spent in Hawaii where I was great and tropical. <sighs> so you had to go too far, didn't you? I, I did. I always do. So close. You were so you were so close to being out, but no. Okay. Uh and then the next thing we're going to do is uh, we couldn't decide what to call this. We couldn't we couldn't think like likes, dislikes, or what's good, what's bad, something stupid like that. What's so good, go what's bad? Oh, dude, I know, but like we, we had nothing. We had nothing, did we? We couldn't think of a way to just say this, and we had thought of an idea like ten seconds before we started recording the show. So it's who we're going to start this week, who's getting scratched this week, which I think is good. But you, I don't, I don't think you seem so keen. I mean, I like like any great artist, Dan. You're never happy with your creations. and uh, It's a fair point. A I mean, I'm not going to cut my ear off over it, but it's it's not quite maybe, good enough. Maybe the end of your little finger. <laughs> just yeah. as a protest. Just a, just a tiny little bit. Maybe I'll just like bite my nails or something. Fair enough. I'll tell you who I'm starting this week. I am starting all five major sports playing in LA on the same day. I love stuff like this. No this fucking... So, I, just, I didn't even know. Did you not know this? Oh, it's awesome. Okay, so the Kings played the Rangers... Then you had um, LA Galaxy played Houston and MLS. And then the Rams played the Packers in football. Then it was the Clippers playing the Wizards in the NBA. And then you had the last game of the World Series as the Red Sox won it, as the Dodgers played the Red Sox. And it Man. all happened in the same day. I love that's, stuff like that. That is crazy. Yeah. That's the nice thing about this time of year. Like, you know, all, all the sports are going on at the moment. All the decent yeah. ones, at least. And there's just so much going on. And it's just good time to be a fan. It is a great time to be a sports fan. Have you got anything? Are you starting anything this week? What are you starting this week? I'm I'm going to selfishly start the the global games, specifically the ones being played in Europe, because it's bloody lovely coming home and, and watching a, a puck drop at sort of six o'clock, half six on on a weekday. And it's it's good that you know I I get that for specifically the game they played today in Finland, um, you know Jets uh, Jets Panthers. It's based around the players that are on the teams, but you think you know the the NHL are sending teams around the world to market uh, to market the game. If you, you know, if you're given a blind taste test, you'd imagine you could have the Blackhawks and maybe the Penguins or the Capitals or someone of that ilk. But you know, I know it's based on Barkov and Line A, but the fact that they are actually sending out specific players to specific nations and then teams like the Panthers and the Jets, who are good quality hockey clubs, is fantastic. I think that's really, really, really good move by the league. Yeah, just a quick thing about time zones as well is uh, obviously being a fan in England in the week, the earliest we all get a game start on is midnight. So the chances of us, and like you said before, especially for a West Coast game, you know, like the Ducks and the Sharks are sometimes, they can still be playing when I wake up for work. So there's just no shot of me ever watching them. And at this oh, time of year, because the, cause we've already put, we've done our clocks, um, 
uh, put them back. Yeah, back. Yeah, we put them back mm. this week. Yeah, games yeah. Are starting, games are starting at eleven p.m. and even that's nice. So Absol- you've got a game absolutely at buzzing. Oh god, it's brilliant. <laughs> that's so good. I, I love during the playoffs when you get a game going to like a West Coast game going to OT, and then you wake up and oh, I've got a whole period worth of hockey left to watch. Yeah, I messaged you, didn't I? I told you, didn't I? When I was on a holiday last year, and it was the um, it was Sharks Knights when William Carlson sniped the, that top cheese from like forty foot out or something like that to win it in OT. I managed to watch all the third period and OT while I was waiting for the plane. It was great. <laughs> there you go. West Absolutely top. living the dream. A couple of small things I'm liking this week as well. Uh, everyone has to follow the Coach Dog Twitter account because it's just fabulous at NHL Coach Dog. Um, have you seen this? Will it's it's amazing. I, uh, I have. It's like the um, racism watchdog, but for racism co- watchdog, not yeah. for not Basically, for racist coaches. No, just bad coaching decisions. And then we just get you know barks and woofs and arfs and oh, it's great. And also, uh, Elias Pettersson had a breakaway against the Wild, and he went bar down, and the noise of the puck hitting the frame of the goal and going in. Ah, oh, God, just inject that noise into my veins. Even when I play NHL, my NHL games, if the puck hits the post and goes in or hits the bar and goes in, oh my God, it's fabulous. It's such a great noise. My uh, my other uh, what starter for this week is, uh, is another selfish little starter, being the, uh, the UK's resident Dallas Stars podcast that we are. So shout out to Gemma <laughs> Smith. Getting back into the lineup for the first time this season and continuing to have the highest goals per 60 uh, stat of any skater on the stars. He just absolutely bangs in goals whenever he plays and then gets scratched for no good reason. So, uh, big up, Jamal. There we go. Uh, I am scratching only one thing this week, uh, which is it's, this is an evergreen opinion. And I, could, and I do the same thing, but reactionary fans in October for hockey, I mean, it's fucking, it's October. For fuck's sake. Now there's I wanted to put in two tweets here specifically to shout out annoy to shout out the people who annoyed me, but I decided against it because I'm a fucking chicken. Okay? You're, <laughs> you're an absolute out. absolute wet blanket. I am absolute coward. I am a cowardy custard. Uh, I am Mr. Chicken. I'm sorry. Um but it's fucking October. Don't be coming at me with your awesome goalie takes, you know. Before we even hit, before we even hit the idea of bonfire night, it's just a stupid thing. It's a stupid thing, and that's getting scratched for me. Anything I'm, for you? I'm scratching a very similar thing, yeah, and that's oh, just okay. October hockey in general, because it is yeah. just it. it it's only going to matter in the future. Like none of it matters now, not at all. It's only when you you get to February and you realise, oh, my team's not going to make the playoffs. If only we hadn't lost eight games in October. So like, well, yeah, but if you'd have won the rest of your games, you'd have been all right. It's all just—it's all just it's a almost bit meaningless. Meh. It is Until like hockey is almost meaningless. It's essentially an extra twelve preseason games. Is what it, it is. Right? It basically, yeah, you get the the sort <laughs> of the buzz of the first game of the season, and then it's like, oh well, all right, see you in a bit then. Like it's yeah, it it is. It's that it's that wait. You wait for preseason. You get all excited and you think, oh, it's only preseason. Okay, the season starts really soon. Then you get to the first game of the season and you think, oh, it's not, it doesn't even matter yet. I have to wait till Christmas. And and then, you get you get a few weeks in and you're, oh my god, the the Islanders are doing really well. It's like yeah, but it's only seven games into the season. There's plenty, yeah, exactly. plenty of it left. Um, I've got one other scratch this week, and Ooh, um, go on. and this is going to be I'm going to scratch every single Washington Capitals player. That didn't fist bump the little kid in the uh, in the tunnel <laughs> on the way out. As like, mate, I'd that was a like, great shout. I don't give a fucking 
shit how in the zone you think you are you're you're a professional athlete and there's yeah there's a disabled child in a wheelchair in your locker room like in the in the corridor who's obviously a massive capitals fan all he wants is a fist bump from his favorite players and like the people who just flat out ignored him like fucking get to fuck that's an amazing take because i was watching that video and it wasn't even i i didn't like react big to it but as the first player went past and missed him, I, was, I just went, oh, you missed him. And as he got further and further and more and more missed him, I was like, oh, come on. This is ridiculous. Like, you can Isn't see it? the guy in front bumping his fist. Can't you bump his fist? Those, those, are, those are the worst ones. Like, it's just... Yeah. yeah uh, big, you know, big up Ovi for giving him the uh, giving him the stick. That's a really, just really nice stick, touch. Didn't he? Straight that away, like, whatever, whatever. And this is it. Like, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, one of the best players in the world, like potentially one of the best players of all time he's you know you would never say he's not in the zone and he's like whatever take my take my game day stick that I've got ready I'll grab another one in a second and just play anyway like and you can't take a second to fist bump a, a disabled child like nah get out of here you'd almost it think was. you'd almost think because it's over you'd almost forgive him for not doing it like he's such an athlete he's so in the zone that you might think oh, okay it is over I mean he, he kind of he like he lives hockey that's all he cares about so I'd maybe think well I could see Ovi not doing it but when you're like I don't know some fourth line scrub or something you're just like oh come on dude you're not fucking you're not even playing Get two minutes Brett Connolly nobody cares right there you go I couldn't think of one could you tell <laughs> So the summit was was giving me the idea. To be fair, I'm struggling yeah. with the Caps' bottom six at the moment. Well, you got Lars yeah, Eller. me too, really badly. Not, uh, I, I didn't want to say DSP because everybody loves Devontae Smith Pele. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Ch- Chase on's not there anymore. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, good scratch. I like that scratch. That was a little slight one. I, I noticed as well, but didn't think to sort of uh, take more note of. Well, you be careful, Dan. You get scratched yourself next week if you carry on like that. Jesus. Okay, I'll be careful. Now, Will, we've not had a sponsor on this episode for ages. Oh, my God. But this episode, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by... And it's not really a sponsor joke. I'm just saying this to lead into the topics. Oh. This episode is brought to you by MGM Resort, the official Oy. betting partner of the NHL. That um, sound in the background is us popping champagne. Yeah, Jesus Christ. They reckon they're going to get about an extra $215 million annually from this. Um which I, knowing people the way I do in this country, bet on soccer, I think that's a wildly low estimation. I can see them raking in way more money than this. Ah, yeah, but you think like that's that's football, yeah? Like if they were if they were betting on NFL, that's probably going to be comparative to um, to to football betting. And you've got to think, but well, gamblers, gamblers, are, think of the degenerate, the degenerates, well, gambling. Yeah, but I think I think as a country, like you know, we binge drink more and we gamble more, like. We're, we're enough like <laughs> yes. our country has such a problem with gambling that we have to have adverts saying don't gamble too much well, the, the official tagline folks is when the fun stops stop and the fun the fun never stops the fun, <laughs> the the fun, fun never, never stops. stops especially when you're especially when you're jerking off a guy in the back of an alleyway just for 20 quid to put bets on that you know the, the fun never stops until <laughs> you said to put bets on I was thinking how's the, where's the bet in that what, what, are, the, what are the odds <laughs> What are the odds? <laughs> but like, <laughs> what's the over under? What's the over under on me finishing him off? Like, you know, like, like I'll take the over on a minute, fifty five <laughs> seconds. Um, yeah. But like, as as a country, like, yeah, obviously we don't see American TV twenty four seven, so we can't comment with 
particular accuracy on, on their, the state of their advertising. But in the few few bits of American adverts I've seen, I've never seen like betting adverts, and that's all you fucking see. Well, you because know, it was illegal, that's why, wasn't it? It was illegal up until, what, like last year or something? Oh, yeah, fair enough, but still. <laughs> still. But, I, you know, I see what you mean, though. Over here... Like we I we mean, as a what? nation have an issue with sports betting. We really do. Absolutely, a massive issue. All jokes aside, a huge issue with sports betting, and it is every what say there's ten adverts in the middle of a football, a footy, like half time or something. There's like maybe half of them, maybe oh, more mate, than yeah. half of betting adverts. Easily, but because you're going to have one to to start and end it, it'd be like you know, yeah, you know, Wednesday. Oh yeah, like, this show sponsored by blah blah blah. Five, yeah, and then you get bloody Ray. I was going to say Ray Mears. Ray fucking whatever his name is Winston Ray Winston's head oh yeah about 365 like, floating around yeah there you go and then in the middle we'll have a bloody whatever one like a Paddy Power bet and yeah it's yeah, fucked up a- 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 Casino fucking Paddy Power on, yeah Betfred on or... the average average advert segment for a football match you're going to have like four if not five or six betting adverts you're going to have an advert for Carlsberg um, <laughs> you're probably going to have an advert for like Quick Quid or something uh, yeah. Yeah. The, you know you know what I mean like um, and there's been I don't know like Halford's advert or something fucking shit like that like the good news is well is that we are getting closer to the Washington Wongas versus the Boston Betfreds and I can't wait I can't wait for that no it's gotta be surely it's gotta be the the Paddy Power Bruins or something like with the <laughs> Irish connection yeah I suppose and I, I read a little bit about the um about the press conference with Batman, and he said it's a it's a way to encourage more fan engagement. And I kind of scoffed at that line at first. I thought, well, yeah, whatever. But I think he does have a point. And I think if you can if you can bet on a sport, you you might be a little more in, a bit more inclined to watch it. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, it's how we're going to Kabaddi. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out Kabaddi again! What a great sport! Everybody, if you've watched Kabaddi, go watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> The best sport in the world. Um, it is. It's fabulous. I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, like I'm a. I'm a degenerate piece of shit in many a way, Dan. But um, gambling's never really quite grasped. Grasped me like it has many other people. Like I've never put down an accumulator. Never uh, dropped a cheeky tenner on the uh, on the uh, odds on a corner. Um, Did I tell you my degenerate gambling story? No, no. But I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form that you have. <laughs> Okay, this is a really, really quick version of this. Does this so, end with you in a lab brooks without any pants on? <laughs> no. Um, no, that's a different time. So I was watching a uh, documentary about gambling and a guy mentioned something where you can bet on roulette called a martingale method, which is where you put a bet, you put a, a, a pound or a dollar down and if you lose, the next time you just do the same colour again, black or red, and then you pick $2. If it fails, you go to $4, $8, $16, blah, blah, blah. So online gambling in England is a big deal. You can actually watch live uh, roulette tables as you're gambling. And I said to my wife, I said, if I watch a roulette table and you get five blacks in a row, why don't I put then start betting on black? Because you're never going to get 12, 13 in a row, are you? You're going to get a red at some point. So... um you may as well then start betting on the other colour. So if you get five blacks in a row, you know, you may as well start betting on red because in, in the end, you're going to get to red. You could afford like seven goes and it would cost you £127 to be able to double up every time. When you win, 
you get your, you get your stake back and you make a quid. So we started doing this. We put loads of money into this Skybet account and we didn't realize that you had to put more money in to kind of um, acquire this free bet. So that's what we thought we'd done. We'd, we thought we'd got this free money basically, but you hadn't, you had to put loads of more money in. So I get in touch with Sky and say, how do I um, now cancel this? You can't cancel it. You've basically lost your money or you can go and spend it in the casino. Right, fine, fucking hell, whatever. So I go to like the, the um, I go to uh, the the one arm bandit basically machine on Skybet on the computer, and I do it and I win. I swear to God, I had one hundred twenty seven pound in my account and I won five grand on my no third fucking hit. way. Swear to God, swear to God. So I immediately said to my wife, I said, right. So I got in touch with Sky, just checking it was all legit. Basically, the guy said, yeah, you've won, you're fine, that's your money, that's you know your five grand, enjoy it. So we had to then place some. We had to place then more bets to to release the money from our account due to the terms and conditions of trying to get this free bet. So we ended up with about three thousand eight hundred quid all told um, when all the sort of you know everything was taken away and everything. So I said, well, hang on a minute. We were going to do this roulette thing. Now instead of betting one pound, two pound, four pound, we could go ten, twenty, forty, eighty. We'd make way more money. Like like you know you obviously you know you're making ten times more. I, I don't like where this is going. No, okay, right. So it starts off amazing. I shit you not. So I, I, I hardcore this for a month. In a month, I made twelve thousand pounds on just on online, like roulette tables. Twelve grand. I had twelve grand. I have twelve grand. I had twelve grand in my account. Okay. I go to a table, and there are six blacks on the roulette wheel. So Whoa. I'm like, right. Whoa. I'm gonna start. All right, calm down. <laughs> I'm going to start betting red because because there's never going to be there's never going to be 13 like blacks in a row on on the roulette there's going to be a red at some point yeah but so the, I make 12 grand go on the black and red thing though like sure yeah sure you I say, you're say yeah. I know you're going to say it's the same difference isn't it it doesn't matter whether you're betting black or red like you're betting yes the same odd so I made in a month I made 12,000 pounds and in about Nine minutes, I lost nine and a half thousand of it. May, and and you know there were 15, 15 blacks in a row on the roulette table, and I, if I hadn't stopped, I would have lost all the money. I would have lost all of it. So my you... wife said, "You got to stop. You got to like cash out now and just keep three thousand. Well, we we made three grand in the end, which is still not bad, but we thought we had twelve thousand at one point, and that's what the problem was. Yes, you're right." The spin every time is 50-50. It has, does not matter what came before it or what comes after it. It's always 50-50. And that's... So, go on. I've, I've never had the chance to ask someone this who's, who's been in that position. Yeah. Why? So say say I say to you now, Dan, would you like 12 grand? Yeah. What would you do? Why? I'd say, yes, I would like 12 grand. Well, thank you. Now, why did you not walk away with the 12 grand I understand there's probably you know, that compulsion of oh we could turn this into 120 million grand but and that's the problem right did, did your looking, obviously your cooler head didn't yeah yeah you start looking at projections right and in the course of a year I mean we, we broke this down like a science how much we'd made how much we were going to make how much I was playing every day because once I said to my wife you look at my because she said god you're on the computer again and I said if you said how much money I've got in my account, at this point I had something like 10,800. And she said, Oh my God, you've got 10 grand in there. I said, Yes. And she said, Okay, well, we're going to do this then. Let's carry on. I said, Right, fine. But then you get to a point where 
the second you start looking into the future and you re- and we realized in a year because once you get to a certain level now you can go 100 200 400 800 now you're making 100 pounds with every bet not just 10 or 1 now you're making 100 so at that point it starts to accumulate like even crazier and we worked out in the end it was going to be something like 230 grand in a year and it's not tax winnings on gambling is not taxable either so it's tax free as well it's and, and that's and the, the honey trap. And that's, yeah, that's it. That, oh, and I, dude, I fell into it completely. They absolutely got me. They absolutely got me, like hook, line, and sinker. Because then you just start thinking, I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more. And you do. And I'm not stupid with stuff like that. But then once you get, you know, you get the bright lights, don't you? Like the pound signs blinking in your face. And yeah, they totally got me. Yeah, as, as soon end, as a, I was more gutted. I was more gutted that I lost nine grand rather than I made three from an initial 127 quid stake. I was like devastated that I'd lost nine grand, and I hadn't. It was never my money anyway. It was just sitting there. You know, uh, you know what the problem was, Dan. <laughs> what? The fun stopped, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah, the fun stopped, and I didn't stop. No, it's true. I was, I was, I started to take it very seriously, like a job, and I was, you know, doing all these projections and fucking science calculations and everything. But the, so. this is the thing. This is where I can see what has been illegal in, uh, or you know, only legal in very select areas in the states for so long because it is it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Like you know, you're not you're not a mug. Well, you're, you're not you're not as much of a mug as a lot of people are. But no, you true. fall into that trap, and it's I, I'm sure I do exactly the same. If I turned 127 quid into 12 grand overnight. I think, well, if I carry on doing this, I'll I'll own the you know own the bloody universe. Like, yeah, you just get lost in it, and it is it it's sketchy. It is sketchy. I know that there are you know it's it's great. Like you know, a mate of mine won four grand at the casino, and and he fortunately cashed out and went and got really pissed and got some tattoos and all that, and he absolutely loved it. Good for him, but I think it's so dangerous. And and like we were saying earlier about bloody casual racism, like. Casual gambling addiction cripples people. Absolutely, does, it does. Yeah. Big the, time. the the every man in England, and I'm sure it's probably the same in the states uh, and and plenty of places all around the world. The every man is casually racist, loves a drink, and prone to gambling addiction. Yeah. The um, the New Jersey Devils already have already sort of started building a betting lounge as well, haven't they? It, yeah, they've partnered with uh, William Hill, haven't they? William Hill, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very no. posh side of uh, side of gambling. That, but they're not going to they're not going to care though, are they? Like you, you know, it's they're going to have to. They'll do the same thing over in America. It'll blow up like crazy. People are going to start, you know, selling their soul basically to to pay these gambling things, and it's going to go then to Congress, and they're going to say, well, we're going to need warnings and stuff like that, and then we're going to get the same thing like we do over here, you know, sort of warning messages, and you know, you have to be careful and gamblers anonymous and all this kind of thing. So this is the interesting thing where I think. To see the difference with how the, say, sports teams in the States especially handle it compared to how we do over here. Like, you think over here, if you go to a Premiership football match, you can't even take a beer out into your seat. Like, you have to drink yeah. beer on the concourse. Yeah. And and in America, obviously, you've got, you can take your beer to your seat. And now they're opening up betting shops inside the arena. You'd never get, as much as, you know, we're degenerate pieces of shit who can't help but spend all our dull money on the bloody fruit machines. You don't get like a a Labbrook's window at the Emirates or whatever. Yeah, Old Trafford isn't littered. Yeah, it might have loads of adverts for bets three six five, but there's nowhere apart from your phone in in the actual stadium that you can place a bet. You don't get you know 
teams in MMA, you do get teams partnering up but only for sponsorship purposes, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be interesting to see how the sort of direct partnerships and the physical partnerships between betting companies and sports teams in, in America is going to, you know, shape the landscape. I'm going to be interested to see how... Um... Because we're gonna we're gonna see in real time the effects that betting has on our country as a whole. Because betting for me has been around ever since I was born. So ever ever since I can remember, I've always put a bet on the Grand National, for example. It's just something that we did. There was no even. I mean, I don't. I don't like the coupons. I don't know if you ever. You know the. Do you know about the pools? Like the pools coupon. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Okay, so back in the day, this was like, what you did was, this was before even like the National Lottery and stuff like that. You had to try and predict uh, 10 games from that weekend's football fixture list that you thought were going to be draws. And if you got over a certain amount, you had to basically be perfect. You could win a million pounds. And that was before even the National Lottery. And I remember, I remember doing like that with my granddad when I was three or four. So it's been around forever in this country. It's never, it's never not been a thing. I mean, it blew up because of the internet and that kind of thing, and you know, the ease of access to gambling sites on your mobile. But we're going to now see it in America from like the word go. I mean, like from year, you know, from year zero, basically, we're going to see what happens when you inject betting into a country. And I'm, I think that's like, I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. It's going to be a beautiful thing to see in. <laughs> <laughs> in the same way that the Americans have over the years absolutely destroyed countries all around the world to finally watch America be destroyed from within <laughs> just by legalised gambling. I know. Oh, God. It's going to turn into play Libya. This was more a question to you than it's not, because I, I was a bit confused by this. They were talking about um, player tracking, and it's now going to be sort of these websites, uh, these gambling um uh, firms are going to have more access to this data and that kind of thing, and I, I may be missing something here that's blindingly obvious, and I've just never, I've just never paid attention to it. But don't guys like um, you know, like Micah McCurdy and and when Rob Volman was doing his thing, weren't they doing this kind of thing already? Don't we already have like access to all this data? It's already kind of out there, right? Or am I missing something that they don't mean what I think they mean? I think the idea is it's like. Uh... So like more, sta- more standardised and not necessarily easily uh, digestible. Right. You've seen the bloody NHL stats page, but like <laughs> it's it's more more standardised. Good job, guys. Well done with that. Good job. Okay, it's still still working so well. Eighteen months in. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's more more like official stats and sort of right. Yeah, it takes out the fact that you have to manually track them and stuff like that. And I I must admit I don't know too excuse me too much about what the, the NHL are planning to do with it but I think it's it might potentially open up more yeah it's gonna gonna track sort of zone time a bit more accurately you know pos- actual possession things like that like you know how long Barkov has had the puck on his stick tonight and things like that like thing, things that are just you know you could track manually but it takes hours and hours and hours to track a game as it is let alone with little things like that yeah, so I think I think that's the idea, and then it's going to do things like uh, like speed and you know, speed of shot and, and shit like that. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, somebody who's not going to get tracked is Austin Matthews, uh, out for at least four weeks with a shoulder injury on a uh, a clean hit by Jacob Truber. Um, that hit was something else, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Now that that was a hockey hit. That was beautiful. That was nice. Uh, everyone should be uh, Tom Wilson and. Um, 
Mark Borecki, who we're going to get to in a bit, should be uh, made to go and watch this watch this hit. But I think seem to, it didn't seem. Go on. I was going to say like the fact that Matthews doesn't go down from it, if memory serves. Yeah. That's what messed him up, I think. Yeah. Because he just right. takes it, and it like reverberates for his body, and oh, mate, I feel for him. I feel for him right on the shoulder to shoulder hit. Absolutely fantastic hit by Trouba. But yeah, it was a bloody. That's one of those hits where, like, the you know the player who's getting hit just stops and takes the entire hit, like force of the hit. There's no energy transfer back into the eyes or movement or anything like that. It's just, oh, mate. <laughs> the one thing as well is after that comes out of this now is that once again, and if we have to talk about it again because now the pendulum has swung back the other way, is that Willie Nylander's agents probably now back on the phone to Calduva saying. Oh, let's hope the shoulder isn't too bad. Hey, uh, you know, my guy might be coming back to your team sooner than you think. Maybe You maybe sure could do with another top six player yeah. for uh, the next four to six weeks, <laughs> couldn't you? Obviously not helped by the fact that after, you know they played the Flames and were just... Didn't look... and They didn't look great. Um, I think they had like four shots in the first period and then at some point they went something like 14 minutes without a shot on target or a shot on goal. Um, well, it's, that's part of the team. God, yeah. Which, it's, it's just for part, part of the course about. for like, you know. Yeah. For a team that we were talking about <laughs> all the depth they had in the summer. No, it's fine. <laughs> for a team we were talking about all the depth they had in the summer, is it now that that depth seems to not quite be there? Um, I don't know. The worst it's, it's the fun is that... Uh, go on. It's fine. You can, you can just talk for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry, sorry. Go on. No, you're fine. It's just, it's just funny how scoring depth magically disappears when one player comes out of the lineup. It's interesting, that isn't it? I know. It's very funny. There are rumours as well, of course, that uh, Willie Nylander's agent was seen buying a voodoo doll in Zambia of Austin Matthews, but that's not been proven to be true just yet. Um, he's actually sticking pins in the shoulder. I mean, tonight's tonight's game is that if they lose tonight. I mean, the panic button's going to get set off in Toronto media, isn't it? For God, I mean, Christ. Oh, why Why? Your why tonight? Stars. Yeah, well, what's what's so important about... Oh, is it a surprise losing to the Dallas Stars, is it? Dan? Not to at the, all. Not to at the one-line stars. To Not the, at all, but we... <laughs> the one-line stars. The team <laughs> the so reliant... Yeah, yeah, so relying on a nineteen-year-old defenseman, Dallas Stars. Yeah, what? They're not. They're not a team that is perfectly respectable to lose to. Yeah, I mean, forget the fact you're paying your new. You know, you forget the fact you've got a centre now making like that over nine million through the rest of his contract. That's fine. And a second-line um, centre who's making seven and a half million, who scored yeah. like thirty points last year. I'll have you we know, said, didn't we? We said we said the second any problems start to come on this team. There's going to be major questions, this, and and it's already. You should have seen the amount of things I read from Toronto fans and stuff uh, the day after the Flames game. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. That was one of my, uh, you know, reactionary fans in October thing. Um, I, I was going to say exactly that. It's still bloody October. Well, it's November now, yeah. but like it. Uh... I mean, yeah. If Matthews goes down in March, yeah. All right, panic. You know, if it's if he's playing as well as he was, and then this happens, then yeah, that's fine. But and they've still got Tavares and Kadri as their top two centers for the next four to six weeks. Like that's a top two center combination for a lot of teams in the league. That's true. Yeah, really true. And then if yeah, if if they lose tonight, 
you know you're going to see it because then it becomes a then it becomes like a like a thing like okay now it's a now it's a problem you know if, yeah. if they play as badly as they and I don't think they will to be honest I don't think they're going to play as badly as they did because I'm sure the other night was just an off night I'm sure that obviously Matthews being out they have to make some adjustments and uh, and you know new players are sort of moving around the lines and stuff so yeah the first not, sure that, the first game after losing someone to injury especially someone as impactful as Wilson Matthews yeah, it's always going to be an issue isn't it yeah exactly um, last thing on this was uh, it was quite funny that was a, there was a tweet from um, at K Papetic which was a God bless Twitter's algorithm for putting these two tweets back to back and the first tweet was uh, at third period suits that said I can't wait for Mike, Babto- Mike Babcock to say the Leafs got outworked and then immediately above that was a tweet from James Mill with a quote from Babcock that said the game's frustrating when the other team works harder than you do which is <laughs> a that's just perfect. That's just perfect. so it's so about predictable. Hard work and grit. Yep, hard work and grit. Um, hey, you know you know who's got too much grit, don't you? Well, especially this week. Can you I do. Is it? Is it Mark Borowiecki? For help, circles try to drop it back for Dzingel and Borowiecki came across the ice and catches Eakin and John Merrill goes after Borowiecki. Cody Eakin slow to get back to his feet. It is. It hey, is. what a guy! Borbietsky. How do we say it? I've no idea. I've no idea. I heard. I heard it was Borbietsky for ages, and then I've heard people suddenly turning into like Euro trash. <laughs> kind of. It is Mark Borbietsky. Borbietsky. I don't know. It's like when um, when Thomas Rosicky first signed for Arsenal, and everyone's like, oh, it's <laughs> Thomas Rosicky. It's Rizicky. It says Rosicky. Rosicky. Uh, What's with that? That's what it had to spell. I think to be fair, I think uh, I think his problem was he was decorating his house on his game off from um, elbowing um, Erhu Varkanainen in the face, and he just hadn't finished. And he thought, Christ, I need to get back home and finish that decorating. I can't leave it. The, the the front room's like half papered. It looks shit. I know. I know. I'll just illegally check Cody Eakin in the head, and and then I can get back home. I was I was rewatching the um, I think it was a Sportsnet feed of it. And um, just be- just before we started recording, and I don't know who the commentator was, but he said, "That's a clean hit." There's unfortunately. <laughs> Do you know what? I've got a clip. I've got a clip to put in as we're talking about this, and I can't remember if I chopped it before or after it. But that's the exact clip. <laughs> that's the exact clip. Mate, it's just like <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely gobsmacked. I've watched a replay of Borowiecki like <laughs> fucking like gently elbowing. Cody Eakin <laughs> through his face. That's a clean hit right there. Oh, oh is it? And then, and yeah, and then they go for a little bit and then as they come back to another angle, the co-commentator says, well, Cody Eakin looks down at the last second. No, he didn't. His head never moved for like two, like three or four seconds. His yeah. head never moved. It, it didn't move until Mark Perwicki's yeah. elbow fucking forced it to move. And then fair, <laughs> fair play to John Merrill trying to stick up for his ginger mate, but just like... I'll let you beat the shit out of me after this, Mark. <laughs> like, <laughs> just get. And then, like, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, a player throws an illegal hit, Nyon kills a, an opponent, and then straight up, just someone skating up to him to have a word, and straight away, right, come on, then I'll kill you too. <laughs> Let's I mean, go. I mean, it's terrible, but just the fact that, like, you know, you know for a fact that after Borowiecki's laid that hit, he's like, right, I'm going to have to beat the shit out of someone now. 
Yeah, I think I, like as soon as he lays the hit, he just drops his gloves immediately, thinking, right, someone's coming up to me, coming up to me any second, and I've got to be ready. I've got to be ready. <laughs> if, if nobody does, and the ref just comes to take him to the box, the ref would have got lamped. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Instinct, I think bloody Chris a... Weidman style. Yeah. I think the problem is, I think he's having flashbacks to that video still in the summer with him and Eugene. I think he's just, you know, the start of one by Metallica when all you can hear is like army shells and gunfire going off around him. I think I think that's just going on in his head all the time. It's him, Eugene, in the office, and all you can hear is like, and he just sees freaking out every single time. You can't cope with that, that the thought of that video. It was one of those ones, you know, when you have like a, like a bad experience, maybe like an argument with someone or, or whatever, and and you think, oh, I should have handled that differently. If only I'd have said this. And you find yourself daydreaming a bit of like, oh, if only I'd have done that. Mark was thinking, <laughs> if only I'd have just elbowed Eugene in the face when he was approaching me in the corridor, I wouldn't have had to do that. And my life would have been normal. And, um, hey, Mark, I've had an idea. I've had an idea. Oh, God. <laughs> he just starts wailing on him. <laughs> oh, dear. Cody, stop. <laughs> my name's not even Eugene. <laughs> Mark. Tell you remember me. <laughs> oh god. Oh dear. Uh hey, oh yeah. John Tortorella this week. A great a great quote. Just a, just perfect. perfect. I I, I forget the quote. I just remember him saying like I fucking hate it. It's fucking shit or something. It's really frustrating to me on conversations on the ice amongst opponents on a face off and it's like a big hug fest sometimes. I don't know if they have so many meetings with this NHLPA and all that stuff that goes on, but there's no, there's no, there's no heat, and uh, I miss that. It frustrates the shit out of me, quite honestly. <laughs> just having a having like I'd I'd imagine unprompted, like just ah oh, the NHL shit is full of pussies. Like, <laughs> all right, thanks, John. <laughs> I was asking it for the lines. The, it wasn't even in the yeah. It wasn't even a scrum afterwards. He just grabbed the reporter out like off the street. You come here. I've got something to say. What? 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 I fucking hate it. Bullshit. Uh, yeah, so I, that's going to be the, uh, Grande Cappuccino. Can I take a name, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got the, I've got the um, I've got the clip as well to put in. Um, but he's, he basically says he uh, he finds the big hug fest sickening. Uh, it annoys the shit out of him, <laughs> and he says to his guys, "Can you not at least just pretend?" <laughs> thought was oh that's so sad so sad you just pretend please for me can you just pretend like you hate the guy i mean come on (laughs) oh my god i love it do you know what though do you know what though i'm with him a little bit i'm with him a little bit i i i I said to you i'm fairly sure on the first ever episode is that the reason i chose the bruins was because i needed another team to hate i need hatred in my sports i need to hate other teams to make my sports enjoyable because I feel it's just wishy-washy otherwise. And I think he's got a point. To, to an extent. To an extent. That's that's actually how you introduced yourself to me, Dan. You said, hi, my name's Dan. Uh, I'm addicted to hate and sky bet. <laughs> Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a tenor on me beating the shit out of you. Yeah. Do you not miss that, though? That little bit of... Um, I don't know. That little bit of anger that you get sometimes in games... I don't know though because I don't think like we we weren't well I know you were around but we weren't like in the hockey community yes, when when it was particularly violent because we're such big players now yeah <laughs> no, but you know what I mean like we weren't no I know what you mean I know what you mean and 
yeah, fighting's gone down in the last five years, but it's. I mean, the NHL's never been particular, and, and it still ramps up a bit in the in the playoffs. Like, I remember a few years ago when we had back to back years of um, Red Wings Lightning in the playoffs. Those were yeah. some fantastic series, and that was really ferocious. And you do yeah. get it every now and again now, but um, yeah, I do sort of I get where Taurus is coming from because I think even now when you get a bit of animosity, it does feel sometimes a bit forced really well you know it, even if it's not forced it's, it's almost one sided it's like one side getting pissed off with the other it's not a proper yeah the classic being like the Red Wings avalanche of, of yesteryear there's not that sort of hate you know, deep rooted hatred for another team or it's not as prevalent yeah. at least no yeah, yeah I agree I agree Um so I, I thought that somebody made a, a, I don't know if it's a good point or not, but I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting, an interesting take. Definitely a point. It was, de- it was definitely something. Um, at Derek Cases thirty five said, it's another layer of what Torts is talking about, which is guys like Tom Wilson wouldn't have just got away with what they did to Oscar Sundquist. They would have had to answer for it on the ice. And I thought. Again, I can kind of see what he's saying, but I think you were st- even back in the day. You're still getting you're still getting dirty hits, and you know way worse hits than that. I mean, the reason the Tom Wilson thing now is so sort of out there and prevalent was because we don't see those kinds of hits anymore, which is a that's a good thing, you know. Absolutely, it's you're 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 hundred percent right there, Dan. It's it's just more shocking now because it's more it's rarer. Yeah. Like people, people would have answered for it back then, but then it would have just been sort of, you know, part and parcel of of the thing of of standard NHL practice. Basically, you look back to how Scott Stevens and Chris Pronger used to play the game. Yeah. They were throwing, you know, Tom Wilson level hits every other game. And I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I've I've said before, I like a good bit of violence in the game. I'm not going to lie. I, I like a good fight. I like a good hit, but. I'd be lying if I said that I want it on an unnecessary level, and and to say that I agree with Torts that you know the quote big hug fest is a bad thing, it's it's not, it's not at all. You know, I don't want players going out there trying to kill each other for the sake of you know laying a hit and making the sports center highlights. The problem is as well is that you can't you can't have a rival with, with a player and then not. Like try and check him out of his boots or get into a fight with him, because that's just the nature of the sport. You're moving at such a pace is that if you genuinely hate another guy, you've met we've mentioned it I think in the past two weeks in the row, like the roller guys. You're not going out there to separate him from the you know you're going out you're going out there to injure him. That's what they were taught. You know you're going out there to kind of take money off his table essentially. And I don't think you could have. I wish you could. That you could have that hatred, but you know, two players who would just barb back and forth, but gee, even on Twitter or something like that, just two players arguing on something like that. That, well, I've won this, well, I've won this, I don't like you, well, you do this, and blah blah blah. You can't then put those two players on the ice because it's either going to end up in a fight or one's just going to steamroll the other one. Uh, you, I don't think you can have that kind of, I don't think there can be a happy medium. That's kind of what I'm getting at. That's the thing where, where hockey culture and the sport in itself is almost an enabler of violence. Yeah, people say people look to the NBA and the way that their players have rivalries that, like, say, spill off the court and onto Twitter and into post-game interviews, 
I think you're absolutely right. If that started happening in the NHL, you'd have people fucking murdering each other just because it's more acceptable. There, there is yeah, an opportunity right. to, to, yeah, re- you have, yeah. Every time you step on that ice, it is your responsibility. It's, it's like driving a car. I think, yeah, it's your responsibility to try and not hurt people out there because it's so easy to hurt people. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, if you put the sort of the red, the red mist in that as well, then then you're gonna have real real issues. Oh, Christ, it's even worse than it. Red mist, but yeah. Uh, Brian Burke also is an old man <laughs> who <laughs> an old man who loves violence, an old man who loves violence, and also hates fun, such as you do well in regards to the Carolina Hurricanes, which is our uh, next topic. You know, check out the scene last night in Carolina. The Canes win the game, and this was the post-game celebration. Uh, the choreography, uh, abysmal. The fans seem to love it, though. Do you like this, Brian, in the NHL? No, of course I don't like it. Have you seen their new, their, their new, uh, their new post-game celebration? Oh, what were they? Dougie after, afterwards as well. Mate, like, come off it. Come on, tell me it's terrible. Go on. It Go is, on, it is terrible. It is terrible. Oh God, Dude, shut fucking... up! God, you're Dude. crazy. Dude. Doing a fucking floss, like mate, sort it out, sort it out. What are you fucking seventeen, Dougie? So fuck off. Two things about Dougie doing the floss. One, he should have done the Dougie because that's just that writes itself. Is that is that and a thing? Two, that was a dance. Well, it was a dance that's called the Dougie. I mean, doesn't that write itself? Isn't that the most obvious thing ever? Yeah, but it's not current. I don't know. Oh. He should have done a song from the from the from the play Hamilton. Hey, there you go. But the second thing was, I showed that clip to my daughter. I said, "Oh my god, look at this!" And she absolutely laughed her head off. She said, "Oh my god, why is that hockey player flossing?" I said, "Well, because he he was one of the good players in the game, and when they when there's a good player, they get to come onto the ice, and you know they just wave to the fans or say thank you, you know, for sort of supporting them." And she said, "But he's flossing. That's so funny." I said, "Yeah, it is." There you go. My little six-year-old is now 0.02% more interested in hockey than she was the other day because of Dougie Hamilton doing the floss. But what do you think Torts thinks about that? (laughs) And Don Cherry (laughs) and other bastions of NHL hockey whose opinions should be revered. Yeah, you, Brian Burke, bloody... Complaining on whatever was he on Sportsnet maybe I don't know I've got I'm oh. gonna put the clip in of him actually as well because he was just this is stupid <laughs> oh fucking hell shut up more like Brian the jerk am I right yeah I'm right I know I'm right it's just it's just old man NHL problems like twenty years ago Dougie would have been speared by his own player for doing that dance <laughs> <laughs> and so he should be so he should be boo you 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 just hate fun. He should have done a more classic video game reference and like teabagged an opponent or something. <laughs> the amazing thing was, is like I I went on Twitter after they put up after the Hurricanes put up what they did after the game, and it is it is a legit like this podcast. It's a fifty fifty split. It's not one one side you know don't think it's great and another side is like yeah it's all right. No, people are either like this is stupid and lame and embarrassing. Or they are on the side of it's just players having fun after a game. What's, what's the big deal? Yeah, this is it. In all seriousness, like it's good to see him having fun, and especially for a player like Dougie Hamilton, who's had his uh, fair share of criticism over the last twelve months. Like 
for him to feel comfortable enough to to go out there and and act a fool, as a as a young ludicrous once said, it's good to see. <laughs> but it's uh, it's not for me. It's not for me. If I if I saw one of one of the stars players doing it, I would I'd, I'd just be embarrassed. It wouldn't be like anger. It'd be like how how dare you, Devin Shaw, go out there and and do the floss? It'd just be like, ah, oh, mate, that's it's not cool, is it? Do you know what? It might be cool to us. But I guarantee you, it's cool to pick to kids of a certain age, around te- around young teenagers and below. That is absolutely something that they would like enjoy. Because I saw, I saw the proof myself. Is that my daughter thought it was hilarious that he was doing the floss? She genuinely was smiling her, you know, her little cheeks off because she was so happy with it. We need like an NHL Junior edition with like yeah, like S Club Juniors. Yeah. But yeah, with like you know less hits, more flossing. <laughs> like a they play with like, like big foam finger <laughs> sticks and stuff. <laughs> like um, imagine like the tweenies, but like if, if you merge the NHL and the tweenies together. Yeah, but I've just got visions of like eight-year-old Timmy Timmy little Tim Johnson. Oh, he's been crushed on a hit. Oh my god, he's gonna have to go to the concussion protocol. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> just eight year olds getting rocked by their, you, by their mates Tommy are you sure you're 12 years old you look a little bit like a certain cat, Washington Capitals forward that we're all quite <laughs> familiar with yep don't worry about me definitely definitely 12 years old I don't know if Tom Wilson's got kids but you know if they do they're just crushing other kids in hockey don't you in like little peewee tournaments and stuff <laughs> just laying out they're just laying out other four year olds is it incriminating to say that I would kind of like to see Tom Wilson rock a ten-year-old? <laughs> I don't know if incriminating is the word. I think more maybe just downright illegal. Maybe wasn't there? What, what was that thing where like wasn't Boris Johnson playing rugby with a bunch of kids and like he absolutely yeah, just one steamrolled them? <laughs> yeah, I want to see. Them. I want to see that moved with Tom Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> My only issue with the hurricanes is is that <laughs> when they when they I've got to get back on topic. Is it is it not steamrolling enough kids? No, is that they only they only come back on center ice and do something fun when they win. So I think when they lose, they should be made to come on and get like twenty lashes or chased by dogs or something. You know they have to get punished. You can't take it all. There's got to be some kind of bad with the good here. You can't have it always. It's not fair. I don't think. Have one of those. What kind of message does that send to the kids? Can't always be fun, can it? Yes, you can't have consequences. They need yes. to do that thing. You, I forget which film it was, but one of the Jackass films where they have like the riot disperser thing, and it's loads of little rubber balls that just like explode <laughs> like that. They all line up, or like Dirty Sanchez, where they get shot with paintball guns naked. <laughs> just shoot one of them. Like if they lose a game. <laughs> One of the one of the hurricanes gets murdered in cold blood. <laughs> but you like you line them all up on the blue line and you like blindfold them, and then Tom Dundon comes out with some proper old school like a musket. <laughs> no, not a musket, like an old like an old German World blunderbuss. War Two pistol or something, <laughs> and okay. just executes one Jacob Slavin. <sighs> unlucky mate. Bam. There you go. They could sell the um, they, to make some more money for the league. They could uh, you, you could take bets on it. You're just getting executed. Put your bets on now. <laughs> Dundon roulette. Yeah, 
They could sell. They could sell the. Uh, they could sell the drawing of straws on pay per view. Like you know, if gets the shortest straw, it just gets done. That's it. Just gets a two in the a two piece in the back of the head. That's it. <laughs> Tabo turbine and like shaken with a fag hanging out of his mouth, <laughs> <laughs> with half his jersey tied around his head. <laughs> the red ver- the, the home version, of course, not the uh, not the third jersey because that wouldn't get up his black. And Mate, that wouldn't work. Those fucking jerseys are so bad. They're so, so bad. Like, they're sort of almost good. But they're just bad. That that yoke on top is just diabolical. I like them in principle, but in execution... Well, let's talk about executions. I like them in principle, but in execution, yeah, they're not, they're not all good. They're like, not all good the, the logo... Is a bad logo to start with, and it just looks like off center. And ah, oh, mate, I just I hate it. I hate it so much. I wouldn't say hate, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't love it. From the from the bottom of my heart, I hate it as much as John Tortorella hates hugs. <laughs> and as much as uh, as Brian Burke and you hate fun, actually, I'd I'd say I probably hate it more than I hate fun. Wow. If it if it's that I think that might be the source of my issue with that Dougie Helmet and Flossing video, the fact that he's doing it wearing that god awful jersey. He's doing it wearing that jersey. If he was um yeah, if he was wearing the regular red or, or the road white, it might be it might be a slightly different um reaction. reaction. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Thanks for that. Oh hey, good segue. Speaking of reactions, uh if you were an abs fan would you have booed or applauded Matt Duchesne this week? Oh, booed him every day of the week. Like, yeah, thank you. Oh he, my god, thank you so much. He's just like, yeah, I don't want to fucking be here no more. <laughs> and not even, not even pretending. Like, like at least after Ryan O'Reilly signed his offer sheet, he came back and he got the job done. He wasn't like pouting at media day, uh, but <laughs> getting his photo taken for the team website, basically with a sign holding up saying "Get me out of here." No. <laughs> He does not deserve a, a round. Like there are, there are better players who have done more for clubs that haven't had like the reception that Matt Duchesne had. I know, I know. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Now I didn't. Obviously, I wasn't there, and I didn't watch the game. I didn't. It wasn't a game that I watched or anything. But I heard the, re- the reaction was fifty-fifty, which absolutely stunned me. It completely stunned me, because it was amazing that he just as in I don't yeah. Uh, at 3DM pod tweeted out that he put on Twitter once an have always an have unless you force your way out of Denver in a huff I was like well yeah because that's what he did he was like he just threw his toes out of the pram and the fastest he skated that entire season was when he found out he'd been traded mid-game when I mean, he couldn't wait to get off the ice could he he was like oh burst of speed from Duchesne oh he's leaving oh okay okay he's been traded fine and I thought yeah why, why is he getting cheered I didn't get it so who do you think Deserves more hate from their fan base, Matt Duchesne or John Tavares? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, John Tavares, I would say. No, get out of there. Yeah. What he deserves more hate than Matt Duchesne. uh, Yeah, because I think. Didn't Tavares just lead him down the garden path, pretending he was like they even had a chance? Well, it depends what you believe. Like the the story on record is no. 
he didn't like he, he was really struggling with the with the with the decision and it was not not an 11th hour sort of thing but he you know he he was trying to be you know he had to be convinced to leave Long Island it wasn't like he was searching for any any sort of ticket out of there unlike a certain Mr. Matt Duchesne who was begging for at least a year <laughs> to be removed and removed but from, then, from Colorado. But then you see but then you see the Avs fans knew that. We all knew he wanted to leave. It was just a matter of time of when they could get the deal done. And they got the deal done in the end. It wasn't a case of I'm gonna be here, we're gonna be in a new arena, blah blah blah, I can't wait, I'm gonna be coming back, I'm gonna I'm I'm looking at six different teams, you never know, and then it comes out like in his fucking pajamas. <laughs> of course he's gonna pick the fucking leaves. He just did all that as a smokescreen. There was never any doubt he was picking the Leafs, I don't think. Once he once he decided to leave, which I think he probably decided, I don't know, three years ago when he realised how bad the Islanders were and how poorly run they were, he just thought, fuck this, I'm out. And well, I think, uh, yeah, go on. If you, if you take the off-ice stuff and like the business side of it out, yeah. ultimately you've got a player in John Tavares who played his heart out to the bitter end. And then you've got a player like Matt Duchesne who just pouted and sulked and did fuck all in his last year with the Avalanche. Like, I could be convinced of I could be convinced of both either way, for sure. I could. But I think sometimes if if they, if they knew he wanted to leave for the longest time anyway, then it wasn't down to him. It was down to just them getting a good deal for him. And if that's if then if. And if the um, if the Avalanche chose to not drag their feet, but if they chose to wait long enough to get the deal, well, then that's not that's not Matt Duchesne's fault. Yeah, but what is Matt Duchesne's fault is the fact that he asked to leave. Like ultimately, you've got a difference between a player who left when he had the opportunity to leave versus a player who forced his way out of a club. Hmm. John Tavares wasn't. John Tavares didn't demand a trade. He just left when he was free to do so. I suppose. I do like this question, though. I would like to... Oh, actually, I can't kind of somehow find a way to get this out there, because I think this is, a, this is a really interesting question. Is it, who is, who is worse? Well, is if, it Pajama Boy, or is it King Duchesne? If, if anyone is actually listening, we'll, we'll put it out on the Twitter, at 2 Brits one Park, number two, number one. Yeah, right. We'll put the question out. Let us know what you think. Who who deserves... Important more word there, deserves, deserves more yeah. pain. Duchesne or Tavares... Or you think about it though, you know I do. You know I do, or you for being anti-fun. You know I do like. You know I do like a good spin zone. Is that really the uh, the Abs fan should have been cheering Matt Duchesne because until he left, they were fucking awful. They were awful. So if he's still there, if he's still there, McKinnon clearly does not turn into the player he was because he was terrible as well. I mean. There were times when I literally forgot he was a first overall pick. I mean, I would literally forget that about Nathan McKinnon. Miko Rantanen doesn't get those top line minutes, and they maybe don't make you know the second. Yeah, I said it. The second best line in hockey, behind uh, Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, and Alexander Rudyov. Yeah. You're right. That's <laughs> yeah. It's a hard line to beat. And and so, you know maybe they, maybe they should be cheering him. They've got all of that, and potentially, knock on wood, the top five pick next year. And potentially another first overall pick, even though they're going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Bastards, mate. I'll be so good. It'll be so good. Oh, on, on a complete 
slightly related tangent. I was playing. I started another franchise mode recently, and uh, of course, got to the end of my first season, and uh, the Islanders ended up with the first and the third overall pick. With uh, after Holy that trade with shit. Calgary, not real life, but it was cool to see. Right, that's oh my okay. It's a computer game. I get it. That's insane. Because on my first NHL 19 franchise I've just done, the Islanders won the cup. Oh. <laughs> Can you believe that? That is suspicious. Can you believe that? that Isn't is that some, weird? That's some fruity... Oh, wait, without Tavares? Yes. Yeah, because it's 19. The, the, Islanders, the Islanders, as they are now, won the cup. That's... Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that, personally. That's, um, <laughs> I don't get that. That's, yeah. that's put me off from buying the game, to be quite frank. <laughs> that's some bad marking <laughs> that is Jesus Christ you, that um, is uh, yeah that's that's bad as a, as a quick am I uh, I had a little quick are you yeah I had a quick look at the standings this week just for just for funsies um, are you supply, surprised at how uh, bad the Blues have started off oh yeah definitely I was thinking about this earlier today like and they've been quietly bad like it's yeah. sort of slipped under. Like everyone knows that the Kings have been bad. Like the Ducks are struggling through despite playing terrible hockey. Um, but the Blues have gone from absolutely stacking up in the off season to um, like bottom of the Central, are they, or close to? Close to. They're not doing well. Twenty. Well, twenty seventh overall in the league. Yeah, bottom of the Central as of uh, today. And even uh, if they win their game in hand, they're still going to be bottom of the Central. Already nine points behind Nashville. This is it. <laughs> only ten games is rather impressive, considering it's only two points for a win. I, you know, part of me does think that it's still just October, but still, like to have that sort of start is um, is pretty poor. And I wonder, who knows? Maybe they'll. You know, we've seen it time and time again. Team looks fantastic on paper, loads up in the uh, in the off season, and then just stumbles out the gate. And fits and starts and all that doesn't make the playoffs. I think, and you look immediately at kind of at the players performing. And some of the players are doing okay. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's already got fourteen points, so he's out. He's over more over a point a game already, which is fine. You'd want that from that kind of trade. Yeah, that's Tarsenko, fine, isn't nine it? Nine points. Yeah, Tarasenko nine points, Shen nine points, and David Perron ten points. So I mean, they're playing fine. But um, I did also check the goaltending, and it looks like this is probably going to be the problem. Uh, Jake Allen a shade under four goals against and Chad Johnson a shade under 3.3 goals against um, yeah that's not great yeah not ideal well the the um, their goaltending was always going to be an issue wasn't it that was going to be the weak link sort of thing yeah definitely definitely so uh, and it's, it's clearly proven to be the issue so far this season um T- honestly, honesty know. from Mike, honesty from Mike Kyo as well, saying, "Yeah, I should, I should, my my job should be in jeopardy. I should be looked at as part of the problem." Oh, you probably, I'd, I'd imagine you probably will end up going at some point if they carry on like this, just because. What can you? <laughs> what else can you do? I know. Yeah, I've said before, you can't get rid of the entire team, but you can get rid of the guy controlling the team. So. <laughs> Absolutely, and and especially where you know. If Doug Armstrong doesn't fire Mike Yo, it's basically admitting, oh, I made the wrong decisions here. I've brought in players that aren't doing the job. So, uh, yeah, he's sort of forcing his own hand there, Armstrong, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
a little. I know we had these segments at the start of the show, but a little one I'll throw in here. It's the Sydney Crosby taken for granted for the week. Um, <laughs> do you see that fucking backhander against the Flames? No, no, I didn't. I genuinely haven't. Oh my god! So they beat. Um, oh, they fucking demolished the Flames nine one. Uh, Saturday night, I want to say. Could have been Sunday, not sure. But, I mean, Sam Bennett clearly, clearly did not listen to last week's show when I said, even if Crosby's on his backhand, get on him, stick to him like glue, don't give him any space. No, Sam Bennett just tries to catch up to Sid, doesn't get his stick in, doesn't doesn't do anything, sits on his backhand, and then from an angle of about, I would say, two degrees, on his backhand, somehow fires the puck up, and over um, whoever was in goal. Maybe it was Mike Smith. I can't remember. Either way, absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And he's, just another example of him being a freak. He's going to be a good player one day, that's Sid Crosby. Yeah, he's not bad. And I saw ridiculous... I, I, I don't know if, how he compares against other teams, but um, I'm pretty sure the Pens are playing the Islanders tonight, and he's got 110 points in 63 games against the Islanders. No. Which is... <laughs> That's just stupid. <laughs> That's amazing. That is absolutely <laughs> loopy. Oh, I love it so much. I love stats like that. They just that, blow my mind. That sounds like a Gretzky stat, doesn't it? I know. Do you know what it is? Like, I'll I'll see these stats during the week and I'll write them down and I think, oh my god, I've got to mention that on the show. That's that's bizarre. And then when it gets to the show, I read it and I think, that can't be right. I must have made a mistake. I must have made a mistake. Because it that can't be, be true. must be 11 points in 63 yeah. games. It's 11 points in 6.3 games. Like, part of me is now thinking, has he even played 63 games against Islanders? Is that even possible? <laughs> like, he's not even played that many games, surely. Has he played that many games in his career? <laughs> Still hasn't played the full season. Yeah. yeah. God, man. Oh, that is something else, isn't it? Yeah, if you get a chance, just uh, watch that goal. Just yeah, it's it's on YouTube. That goal, it's on Crosby backhand flames. It's fucking absolutely stupid. Absolutely stupid. Now, I want to get completely off hockey here for a second um, before we wrap up the show. Is it? Have you? There's something else that's completely stupid. Have you seen that they're building the second Titanic? No. An exact replica. <laughs> oh yeah. That, oh yeah. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It can't go wrong, can it? So, $550 million, some Australian businessman is building it, and it's set for sale in 2022. And it's, and a, as they're saying, it's apparently an exact replica, and it's going to sail the same journey. Now, you know where I'm going to go with this, don't you? I'm not one to wish tragedy on anybody, okay? But, but, this, ha- but this, this has to sink. <laughs> it has to sink. Just for... It just has to. I feel, I feel like it's just, going to. Yeah. <laughs> if I gave you a t- if I gave you a free ticket, would you be going on that first journey? <sighs> See, I, w- I want to say no, but I feel like I probably would just because you can't say no, can you? <laughs> they did say they did say that after they've built it, the only thing they're changing is they're having a lot more lifeboats. <laughs> that was a ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you should. That's almost, oh, that's almost disrespectful, right? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Fucking and even hell. better, I found out that I found out when I read up on it that there's a company in China that's uh, as part of a theme park 
is also going to build another Titanic. But it's just going to be like a ride. And then, <laughs> as part no. of the ride... No. Oh, this is true. As part... Okay, yeah. As part of the ride, part of the uh, the experience was that it's going to hit an iceberg and then it's going to simulate sinking. <laughs> For fuck's sake. That's <laughs> fucked up. Like, <laughs> you can't do that. But they've since they've since retracted the idea, you know. Yeah, it's probably and probably for the best, good. really, isn't it? Like, what we're we gonna have next, like a Pompeii simulation. <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna rain down fire and hellstone on top of you, and just kind of go with it. See how you would felt at the time. You're gonna you're have the plots. You're gonna come to a theme park. You're gonna queue up for four and a half hours to then turn into ash. Congratulations. <laughs> well done, you. Um. Before we get to Man vs. Coin Flip, just a little, uh, another hockey death this week. Uh, John Ziegler, the uh, the fourth president, um, passed away. Elected in 1977, uh, he expanded the league from 18 to 24 teams and he saw, he oversaw the uh, the Nordiques, the Jets, the Whalers and the Ullers coming into the league uh, from the WHA. And there was apparently, because I didn't realise this, at the time there was a big kind of... Uh, not legal battle. What's the word? Just a bit, just a big, a sort of a big competition battle between the two leagues, basically. And he oversaw the uh, basically the NHL sort of won the day. Um, so uh, tease and peace to his family. Um, yeah, always a. Uh, I never know how to end these things, but it's yeah, it's always sad when that happens. Yes, R.I.P. John Ziegler. Yeah, there we go. All right, man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? A good week for you, Will. You've established, re-established your five-point lead um, over the coin, which is a... I mean, I don't know if you're proud of that or not, but... If if there's one thing I want to be remembered for, it's being better than a coin. Better than a coin, yeah. All right, let's go on with this one. Flies, Kings. Kings. Oh, man, okay. Kings stay Kings. Uh, Preds, Lightning. Oh, heavyweight bout! Heavyweight bout! Absolute heavyweight bout! I'm feeling the lightning. Yeah, I don't know. Preds aren't Preds aren't quite doing it for me yet this year so far. They haven't. They're not firing on all cylinders. It feels. Fair enough. Uh, Oilers, Red Wings. Oh fucking hell! The ah, the Oilers, maybe. (laughs) A man of conviction. Uh, Blue Jackets Ducks Bounce Balls are fighting in this one Gotta be the Gotta be the Jackets Has to be the Jackets You see a good bet In the future now Would be After Torts makes a comment like that You could bet on Over-unders on penalty minutes And stuff like that Because mm. I bet for this game I bet for this game It's going to be about 20 <laughs> It's just going to be a, There'll just be a line brawl <laughs> Like for From the first face-off Nick Felina's going to go out there And just like High stick someone Before the puck's even dropped just going to wrap it around his head. And then uh, another great game. And it's one of the highlights of the season always. Pens caps. Oh, pens caps. Um, well, with the, with the way Crosby's playing at the moment, you can't let past the Penguins, can you? They're, gonna, they're just going to get back into OV's head and be like that. You might have won a cup last year, mate. You might have done that. But I'm still the daddy. Yeah, don't forget that we won two. Oh, they've won five. Is it five in the same? Like, since the Preds have been in the since the Pet Christ, since the Capitals have been in the league? Five cups, right? Uh, yeah. That seems yeah, fine, yeah. 
eight, uh, 17, 16, 2009, 92, and 91. There you go. It was it was a thing as well, though, wasn't it, that, that some of the um, Penguins players said that we've it's not going to notice that the Capitals are the current Stanley Cup champions. I thought, yes. <laughs> Fabulous. There's, there's, hatred. You, you can just imagine, like you could just imagine how it is in that in that room. They're thinking, right, this is it. We've got our, we've got re-established dominance. Yeah, it's true. And you know, you know as well that Torch is now going to be watching this game. He's not even, he's not going to watch his own team anymore. He's like, yes, there's going to be hatred in this game. This is it. This, this is what I'm living for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There we go, folks. That was the show this week. You want to get in touch with us on Twitter, as always, at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. And as I mentioned before, 2 bits one Twitter account, number two, number one. Uh, a lot of fun things to talk about this week. I enjoyed it. Will, any last words? Uh, we got our pack drop in five minutes, Dan. What a time to be alive. Oh, my God, it's fabulous. Let's get out of it. See you later, folks. Peace. Peace.